This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Eva Xiao from Tech in Asia in a two-part series on the most important events happening in China. And in the first part, we discuss the major announcements from the recent WeChat World Conference 2018 and its impact to the ecosystem. Hi, Eva. Hey, Bernard. How are you doing? Doing well. Starting the new year, pretty with a lot of exciting stuff. How are you doing? I am pretty good. Just started a new corporate job, so... <laughs> You have an interesting week recently with attending the WeChat conference, right? Yeah, I got to travel to Guangzhou, which is a nice treat during the winter for WeChat's. They call it the Open Class Pro Conference. So it's like an annual conference. They compare it to Google I.O., their big conference for the year. And yes, I'm talking to Eva Xiao, China reporter in Tech in Asia and Great to have you back. Since our last conversation, what have you been up to? So I've been traveling quite a bit. As you know, I'm based in Shanghai, but I do go to Beijing and Shenzhen as well. So before the new year, I had the chance to attend first Byte Dance event. I think a lot of people know Byte Dance by its flagship news aggregator platform called Toutiao. So they had this AI conference, and so it was the first time that I've been able to chat with their head of strategy, Zhen Liu, who used to be at Uber, and as well as their head of AI, so Ma Weying. So that was pretty exciting to get a little bit more insight into that company. And then I had like a lovely two-week trip to the US to visit family where I did nothing and binged on Netflix shows. So that was quite lovely. So Jin Liu is also the cousin to Jin Liu from ED, right? Yep. So quite a tight circle <laughs> and they're both accolades. Yeah. You also been back to the US as well? Yeah, so I just went back to Dallas, didn't do anything work-related. Last time I went, I spent some time in Silicon Valley, but this time it was just totally taking a break from news and work, so it's good. So we're going to come to, of course, the first topic of the day is the WeChat World Conference 2018, and there's been a lot of coverage, and like you say, it's compared to Google I.O., or maybe soon it may be to Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, or even Microsoft's Build Conference, and it's actually in January, just before Chinese New Year. First thing I wanted to ask is, what are the key announcements in this event for WeChat? So during this conference, so last year, just to give listeners some context, there's this huge announcement on many programs, which is one of the biggest and newest, latest features from for WeChat. And so these mini programs are, you can think of them as apps, like miniature lightweight apps are embedded inside the WeChat application. So that was like a huge news announcement last year. And this year, there were not as many announcements of that caliber. So they did, um, Zhang Xiaolong or Alan Zhang, the creator of WeChat, he did announce that they were you know, going to launch a separate app for official accounts, more of an admin-like app that lets you manage content, content creation. So official accounts are things that like a company or an organization can uh, start or open and they can push to followers. So pushing out like a, a separate app for that. Um, and then they also, he also mentioned perhaps creating like a separate column for content creators. And in this, when he was bringing up this announcement, he did reference a big event that happened last year, which was Apple trying to rein in tipping on the WeChat app because of course, like Apple wants to also take a cut of those profits, right? I think for developers, 
on uh, the app store, they take about 30% app revenue. There was some conflict there and then they relented, I think, last year. And so this year, Alan John brought up that to kind of say that they want to help content creators more on WeChat. So they're going to create a separate column for the content, have a profile, show their past articles, maybe prioritize them a little bit more. But honestly, the rest of the conference, a lot of his speech, which is a keynote, was a bit more PR, I think, than last year. He emphasized two main points. One of them also referenced like another conflict. So he talked about user privacy. There's been some controversy over WeChat, whether it stores and reads chat messages. So he kind of re-emphasized that they don't, but you know, a lot of people still aren't convinced about that. Uh, and then he emphasized this idea of decentralization because WeChat is becoming this huge, huge ecosystem where there's like ride hailing apps and all these businesses and services. And so he wanted to you know, push out the message that WeChat creates this underlying structure and tools like payments or what have you. Um, but isn't trying to control everything. So those two concepts in, the, in and of themselves are quite PR, I think. That was a big chunk of his talk this year. Uh, so other than that, like the whole conference, the emphasis was really on case studies. So this was in retail, like McDonald's, so F&B for food and beverage. A lot of emphasis on payments. We chat pay as well since that's like a critical part of offline expansion for them. Advertising too, which they've been really light on in the past, so that seems like a big area for growth for them as well. And then of course, mini games, which is a very new feature that also uses mini programs. So these are games that you can play inside WeChat. So there's some games that are like uh, Monument Valley, which maybe some listeners are familiar with. They have their own mini game equivalent inside WeChat now. So I would think of something like a Pac-Man game or even Snakes and Ladders in Nokia that used to be very popular in Nokia. that will be on this kind of mini games <laughs> but in WeChat. So they have like their first their inaugural game is something called Tiao Tiao which I guess has been translated to Jump Jump where you basically jump on different boxes so it's I guess like this snake equivalent of mini games is a very simple game. So at the conference they really emphasize monetization for games because that's critical to attract third-party game developers, right? So for many games, advertising is going to be one of the main revenues. And also that reinforces Tencent's gaming empire, right? Because they are the largest gaming network in the world now. Yeah, so in, they would control this distribution channel if it, you know, through WeChat pretty tightly. So in addition to them having their own app store and also partnering with and investing in different gaming companies and distributing those games, like for example, uh, League of Legends, right? It's a pretty, it's one of the, it's a very popular game in China. It would also have this very exclusive channel inside WeChat. I think for them, games is going to be, mini games is going to be a huge part of mini programs. And then something else is that I think it won't necessarily be that you take a, like say, app and turn it into a mini game. But at the conference, the head of one of the mini game product managers mentioned that say you have Honor of Kings or King of Glory, I think it's been rebranded to as King of Glory in English. You might have that as a separate app, but mini games or WeChat will come in that when you get your team together, that could be done through a mini program or some kind of mini game that then like pushes you into the app itself. So it's not necessarily that mini games will be totally siloed in WeChat. It's also possible that like a gaming app could feed into WeChat and vice versa. I could also see the possibility of if WeChat decides to go AR, then mini app and mini games will be really complementary to each other because mini apps require actually a location-based 
and also a QR code to activate that particular mini program to work, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think for AR, like the, the demos that I've seen coming out, a lot of them are entertainment focused, whether it's using some kind of gaming character or something else that kind of pop out from an object in real life. So I think they could use that quite well once they roll out, roll out AR for WeChat. I just want to ask one question regarding retail. It seems that the offline retail market is very important to WeChat. So can you talk a little bit about what some of the announcements that happened in this WeChat conference that's related to retail offline then? So there weren't any new announcements in terms of features, but I would say the entire conference emphasized retail very heavily. So I, personally, I really enjoyed the exhibition part of the WeChat conference, not so much the talk. Um, so these exhibitions show third party or service providers that are Tencent employees or internal projects or whatever, but they're separate companies that use WeChat or closely partner with them. So an example is um, there's a company called Suwei and it's a Chongqing company actually, so not you know from a tier one city. And what they've done is they are trying to help restaurants reduce the number of staff they have by having these, it looks like like cubbies. So they have the like a lot of different drawers, let's say, and you use a WeChat official account to kind of make the order, you know, order the food on your phone, and then it gives you and it gives you this code that then you're able to use to open the drawer and the food comes out. So you don't need to, you know, have a waiter or waitress bring the food to you. So it kind of automates that and everything's to WeChat pay. So they have these different offline retail scenarios whether it's like an unmanned convenience store or like a karaoke booth or just using WeChat Pay in different scenarios. So they had all of this at the exhibition um, center at the event. So you can see that payments is, I think, the underlying part of the offline retail market. So WeChat is interested not just in getting more shops to, say, use to get into official accounts, but also for them to use WeChat Pay, which is important as they compete with Alipay. So what are the major statistics on WeChat that Tencent have shared in this event? So they shared just um, a few, but I think crucial metrics this time. So one of them was 170 million daily active users for WeChat mini programs, which I think is higher than what most people expected, though it's not clear how many of those are from mini games like Chow Ta, which has become very popular. I'll just add that as a caveat. They also mentioned that right now there are more than 580,000 mini programs in total. So pushing mini programs and promoting it is one of the top priorities for WeChat too. Like I said, if more people use mini programs, especially offline retailers, then WeChat Pay is able to expand offline, which is really like the last kind of territory that it needs to cover in China. So it's online, I think online services with WeChat Pay and Alipay, they've really kind of saturated that. Uh, the, the next, I guess, final frontier for China, at least, is offline. So that's why mini programs are so important. And then lastly, one of the big statistics that they shared was there's more than a million mini program developers. Uh, by developers, they mean both individuals and corporate entities. So that, again, is you know emphasizing growth here, or showing that more and more people are becoming invested in developing their own mini programs. That's very interesting, given that they also invested in Meituan Dianping, which is actually kind of the uh, customer acquisition through small and medium businesses. So wouldn't the mini programs at some point will conflict with Meituan Dianping's way of acquiring or even creating local transactions for the offline world? Yeah, so it's interesting to think about mini programs in WeChat just from, I think, uh, a UI perspective, because WeChat is not really great. This is my personal opinion. I don't think it's really great for marketplaces. 
So for example, if you think about brand accounts, you know, you open up a brand account or an official account on WeChat, and the whole point is that you get um, followers, you can um, push content, you can push articles to them, and then you can have like a, a basic menu that pulls up like different information or it can redirect them to an HTML or H5 page within the WeChat browser. And then with many programs, you also can add other miniature apps or services that are associated with your brand. Let's say you have like a live streaming platform or a live streaming channel where social media influencers kind of talk about products they love. So that would be like a mini app or a mini program that you can associate with your brand, right? It's very siloed in the sense that when I'm in the brand account or the official account or even the mini program, I'm only focusing on one brand at a time. So that's both a good thing and a bad thing. So I think for marketplaces, like, I mean, it, it makes it very different from, say, Meituan Dinping, where you kind of have all the options on the table and you can browse many, many different things that are all kind of similar to one need, right? Like, I'm looking for sushi restaurants, right? Or I'm looking for a spa that follows these different requirements. And then you can kind of see all these choices. Well, the way that brand accounts are set up, that's not the case, unless you had like a mini program that was a marketplace in and of itself. So I think these are two very different dynamics, right? Like the individual shop where branding is very strong versus like a marketplace like Meituan, Dianping, or even Taobao and Tmall. And I think they both have their pros and cons. We don't hear a lot from Alan Zhang, the founder of WeChat. So he gave a keynote this year. So what are his key messages in where WeChat will grow this year? So I think the emphasis on WeChat mini programs, like that is definitely Alan Zhang's baby. Um, there had been, I think, some people wondering what would happen to official accounts um, and whether or not mini programs would be like another case of internal competition where they kind of, you know, like with the case of WeChat and QQ. But in his speech, at least, and, you know, it's very, I would like to add that I think at this point, because of how large WeChat is, it's not just a product, it's a brand. So a lot of his talk this year, a lot of it seemed to be around brand. I remember him, when he was talking about user privacy, he said that there is a saying where people say that adults talk about profits, whereas children talk about right and wrong. <laughs> and it was for him to emphasize basically making a moral case for WeChat as always trying to do the right thing um, or always trying to consider what benefits a user or respecting the user. And that's a big part of branding, right? It's not really about the product itself. So a lot of his talk is about things like that. And then another, besides pushing many programs forward, he also mentioned that there would still be improvements to official accounts. So I guess it, it doesn't mean that they will, for the moment, kind of occupy slightly different positions or niches in the WeChat ecosystem. Yeah, and then really pushing, again, this is more about branding WeChat as a decentralized platform, which is, I think you can make a case for it, but um, this is again my personal opinion. Coming from last year, he made a lot of comparisons between web pages and mini programs, except mini programs obviously have this offline element to them or offline to online element. And that way you can kind of see WeChat as decentralized. There's all these different companies or services inside a larger ecosystem, but at the same time, you know, you can open it in Chrome, you can open it in Safari, but WeChat is, you know, you, you can't build a mini program and then have it outside of WeChat, right? So they're also kind of pushing WeChat as this decentralized platform that's really just branding. In my opinion, it's still very centralized, but of course, yeah, maybe compared to things like Taobao or Tmall, it's, a, it's relatively speaking decentralized. So specifically for mini programs, which have a slow start in early 2017, but I think the search really came in at the end part of 2017. So what are the interesting developments there? So I think the big difference or one of the big things that maybe the WeChat team learned is that 
you really need the support of marketing and some sales aspect to drive adoption in some sense. So when they started, they really, really kept it refined to offline scenarios. Like you could, you had to scan. I remember you couldn't even take a, you know, scan the QR code from a photo. They wanted you to scan something physically, the mini program QR code physically to be able to open it. But they've added a lot of other options for discovery now. So they've done a lot tighter integrations with official accounts. So official accounts can, when they push some messages, they can embed, you know, mini program there. Or if you open an official account, you can see how many mini programs are tied to it. That you, you have like a special kind of menu or a list of mini programs now. Searching for them is much easier. And so they've made that a lot more seamless for users just so that people can actually find them even if they're not in an offline scenario. And so like a lot of, say, McDonald's or food and beverage places, they've used them as like a kind of a customer loyalty system. So they've, they've added, they've made it more possible for marketers to leverage them and for people to just find them, period. And I think that's contributed to their search because in the beginning, it was so difficult that A, people weren't, developers weren't incentivized to develop them and B, people weren't just, were just not being able to find them. And then obviously mini games is, has been like the next big development for, for mini programs. It's just like a totally different type that is industry specific. So specifically for gaming then, given is Tencent's third revenue stream after messaging and payments, how is WeChat integrating gaming to boost Tencent's gaming business, which is very huge, of course? So kind of like what I mentioned before, many games, well, part of it is going to boost Tencent's advertising revenue, which is another direction that they're trying to, another area that they're trying to grow. At this moment, it's not clear, you know, if you're in a mini program, they don't have any ads inside the mini programs right now. So I guess that's something they'll develop for mini games. So advertising is one area. And of course, like gaming distribution channel, that's another thing. And perhaps with maybe it can open more options with partners, like for example, with Monument Valley, they opened, uh, they developed their own Monument Valley too inside the app. And like I mentioned before, you can funnel some users from WeChat and just save some gaming apps, like with the, the King of Glory example. And then like, I guess just the last thing is that during Alan Jung's speech, something that he mentioned and was quite happy about is he said that someone told him that, you know, he really wanted to uninstall a mini game. You know, it's like when you're addicted to a game or addicted to an app, you kind of uninstall and delete it from your phone, right? But uh, that's not possible with many programs. Uh, they're designed that way that they don't have to be installed. Therefore, you can't uninstall or remove them. So I think that's kind of an interesting characteristic of mini games as well. I'm sure when the Chinese government finds a particular mini game very addictive, <laughs> I'm sure they will actually have to make a feature to allow you to remove at some point. Yeah, they would just <laughs> shut down the whole mini program. I think no one would be able to be able to play it, you know, even if you're not addicted. <laughs> well, they did mitigate that with Honor of Kings. And I think that this is a very good time that we will take a break and come back in the next segment where we discuss the right hailing wars 2.0 with Eva Xiao.